Father, we thank you for the wonder of your love, and we say joy to the world because you have come. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, and everybody shouted, amen. amen. Come on, y'all haven't been very loud tonight. Can, can you be louder? Can, amen. All right. Turn to your neighbor and say, joy to the world. I love it that the, the Hall family came up and, and lit the candle, the, the peace candle tonight, because they had messaged us earlier in the week, and when they found out that they were the, the, cut, the, the family that was going to light the candle, and you know, uh, Tamara's like, she's with child, and uh, she said they have gone through a really difficult year, and they've had some real struggles, and, and some, you know, some really hard, uh, just darkness, and they said this series on joy, this is the fourth on this, uh, the series of joy, it just really impacted their life because God has just shown them joy, brought them out of the darkness, and so now this little girl that they're going to name, her name is going to be Emma Joy. Isn't that cool? Emma Joy. Can't wait to dedicate Emma Joy, and I'm sure they can't wait to get her here either. So joy to the world. It's, it's probably one of the, the most famous of all Christmas songs or hymns. Did y'all know that? It's only about 303 years old. 300 years ago, this man, Isaac Watts, wrote this song, and he, he, would write, he was a real famous uh, writer at that time, and he was writing songs, and he was basing them mostly on the Psalms, the P-S-A-L-M-S, okay, the, the Psalms, or whatever you want to call them, or the Psalms. He was, writing these, he was writing so many of these hymns based upon the Psalms, and so he wrote this hymn based upon Psalm 98, which is where we're going to look tonight. But I, I've got to tell you something. This psalm or this song was not written. It wasn't written as a Christmas song, a Christmas carol or a Christmas hymn. It wasn't at all. Did you know its song is about the second coming of Christ? Joy to the world, the Lord has come. And so he's writing this song about the second coming. And, and he's writing this song in, in a different way than most songs have been written before. He, you know why he wrote it in a different way? Because he was tired of going to services and looking around at the people going, singing the Psalms with a, a deadpan face, no emotions, dull, and just walking through things like they were a ritual, like it was liturgical, like chanting. You, you ever, anybody ever been to a service where everybody just kind of moans and groans? You know, there's just there's no joy. There's no joy in the in the singing. There's no joy, and so he told his dad. He said, "Dad, this, we've got to do something. I've got to do something to get people more there engaged with the music." And his dad said, "Well, do something about it." So he began to write songs in a different way, in a different fashion. How many of you remember when when contemporary contemporary worship came out, or contemporary songs came out, and the people that had been singing hymns all their life went. Hmm. I don't know about that modern music, and they're playing a the guitar, and they got drums, and oh, it split churches because somebody said, I want, and we need something a little bit more lively than what we've been singing. And so this is him writing a contemporary song back in 1700. And he's almost considered sacrilegious because he didn't go uh, verbatim by the words in the Psalm 98. And so he, and he put a different melody to it. Other people started engaging with it. But here's how it, it morphed. It morphed from a song about the second coming because everybody began to think, man, this is a great song. But if we're going to have a second coming, don't we need to have a celebrate the first coming? So they begin to celebrate Jesus' birth by singing joy to the world. Isn't that cool? See, God, and so God gave me this, this, this idea, and he said, I want you to look at Psalm 98, but I want you to look at it in somebody that saw it a little differently, and it's the people that wrote the Passion Translation. How many of you, when the Passion Translation, a lot of people come to, oh, I don't know about that new translation. 
Or the message came out. I don't know about that. He says he makes a, his words are a lot longer and, and they're not quite the same. But you know what? How many of you? Well, I'm not going to ask that question. But a lot of people, not many people read the King James Version anymore, the King Jimmy Version. They like the new King James or they like the new living or something because it speaks to you and it brings some life to the words. And that's OK, church. It's OK. When we sing It's Christmas, that's one of my favorite songs. Man, it's Christmas. You know, just kind of just jump. You want to jump up and shout. Amen. So let's let's look at Psalm 98 this this uh, this evening. Is it evening yet? Not quite. Uh, how are the Cowboys doing anyway? I know a lot of guys are going, what's going on with the Cowboys? I had to come to church tonight. So if you got your phones and you're looking at the Cowboys, I'm going to just tell you to turn that thing off. Okay? Because they are, the Cowboys will not get you to heaven. Matter of fact, they may not, may not get you to the playoffs. All right? But Jesus will get you to heaven. Okay? Okay. Psalm 98. So if you have your Bibles, or if you don't, you look on the screen because we're going to have the, the words up there. I want, I want to read this. Uh, this is what, what King David wrote, and this was called a poetic praise. Okay, first, first verse says, go ahead. Don't you like that? Just starts out. Go ahead. All right? Go ahead and, and sing your brand new song to the Lord. Sing your brand. Say brand new. How many like brand new? A brand new car, brand new house, brand new clothes. And God says, well, sing a brand new song. I used to think, well, all the songs have been sung. No, they're still writing songs. Great songs are still being written. And God has given me an idea for this coming year, and I'm going I'm to just give you a little teaser. I want to give you a little teaser about next Sunday service, okay? Because my daughter, for, for my birthday, she gave me this little thing called stores, uh, a story uh, worth, story worth. And every Monday, I get a, I get a question, and, and uh, it's like, what were your grandparents like when you were a child? Or what was your first job like? So I have to sit down, and I have to write it out, like, what was my life like back then? So I have to, all these memories come back, and I was reading one to my mother, my, 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 my wife the other day, and I started crying because I was reading about what my dad was like when, when I was a little kid. So I started writing these, 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 these letters, and, and at the end of 52 weeks or at the end of the year, they put it together in a book form. And then it'll be like a million dollars, a million cents on the New York Times bestsellers list. And, but it, he gave me this idea to say, what is your story going to be in 2023? See, we're all going to be writing a new story, a brand new story. See, that's what's co cool about God, that he gives us a brand new day. He gives us brand new mercies. He gives us a brand new, a he gives us everything. He says that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. So we have this newness about us. We don't have to go out in 2022 like, oh, man, this has been a bummer. No, go out 2023 too, and say, man, I can't wait till 2023 because I want to be writing a new story. I'm going to be writing a new song. I want to be praying a new prayer because that's who God has called us to be. Church, we're not supposed to be stuck in the past. So he says, he says, for uh, to sing a new song to the Lord, he is famous for his miracles and his marvels, for his victorious through his mighty power and his holy strength. Listen to this, church. Isn't this good? He's, he's famous for his miracles and his marvels. Everyone knows God has saved us, for he has displayed his justice throughout history. The first thing which you see this, morning, this evening, wow, that's going to be tough, is it, it, he's a wonder-working God. Say he's a wonder-working God. Look at your neighbor and say, man, God is a wonder-working God. Doesn't he make you wonder sometimes? 
I mean, you just should, we should just be in wonder and awe and amazement of who our God is. When the angel told Mary that she was the bearer of the Christ child in, in Luke 1, 1.34, I love this. When, when the angel said, you're, Mary, you're going to have a baby, but you're not going to have, you're not going to be sleeping with Joseph, okay? But you're going to have a baby by the Holy Spirit. And then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? <laughs> how can this be? Since I do not know a man. So you can d- d- tell your kids what knowing a man means later. And the angel answered and said to her. See, oh, man, I'll put that one on y'all, right, parents? Mommy, what does it mean to know a man? <laughs> and, and the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Woo. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, say this with me, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Say that again. For with God, nothing will be impossible. One more time with the gusto. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Is that just for Mary? Or is that just for Elizabeth? Is it for you and me today? Yes, it is. Nothing is impossible if we trust God and believe God. His word is true, and he wants us to grab hold of that as we move out of this season into the next season of our life, that nothing's impossible with God. If you wake up in the morning and you think, I don't know how to pay this bill. I don't know how I'm going to resolve this conflict. And then you just follow that with but, 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 but. Nothing is impossible with God. Add that to whatever your dilemma is tonight. But nothing is impossible with God. Amen? So we got to have that in our hearts. We have to believe that in this season and in the seasons to come. Verse 3 of 98 says, He never forgets, God never forgets to show us His love and faithfulness. How kind He has been to Israel. All the nations, say all the nations. All the nations know how He stands behind its people and how He saves His own. The second thing I want you to see is that God says that God is a loving and He is a faithful God. He is loving and faithful. And when you get a grasp and a hold of the fact that he loves you no matter what, that he is faithful even when you're not, you will, you will grow in your maturity as a believer. You will grow in your faith when you just trust God. In Luke 2, 10 and 11, the angel said to, to the, the, when the, the angels showed up and the shepherds were there just watching the sheep, man, 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 they're trying to get some sleep. You know, the shepherds are just hanging out back there. And it's dark, and the night sky lights up and all. The angel shows up. Isn't that cool what the angel said? Like everybody would know this, do not be afraid. I'm an angel. I've never seen you before, and you're in the middle of the night, and you're watching your sheep, and I'm in the sky. Don't be afraid. I don't think all the rest of that was in there. Don't be, do not be afraid, for behold, say behold. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people, not just the Jews, not everybody. He said, I'm bringing you good news, great tidings. That's, that's the good news. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm bringing it all to all people. For there is born to you in this day in the city of David a Savior, say Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Listen, God is faithful. God loves you. And that's why he did what he did over 2,000 years ago. He said, son, it's time. Son, it's time for you to take a trip. 
You're going to become a baby. You're going to be born in a stable. You're going to be born. You're going to have a little teenage mother, and you're going to have a dad, and he's a carpenter, and you're going to grow up in this little town. Of, you're going to be born in this little town of Bethlehem. You're going to grow up in this city, in this, in this town in Nazareth, and you're going to, and you're going to be, uh, you're going to be fishing. You're going to be hanging out with guys, and you're going to be an example to everybody else. But you've got a life to grow up, and you're going to be, you're, you're the son of, you're my son. But I'm going to, you got to humble yourself and go to, go to the earth. What? Amazing love that the Father lavished upon us when he sent his one and only son. And he knew, he knew that I'm just not going to be a baby and I'm not going to just be somebody they adore and every, every season they're going to they're gonna put me in a manger and they're going to have a Christmas play and all they're going to have Christmas trees and lights and all this and everybody's going to be eating pumpkin pie and everybody's going to be singing carols. He said, that's just part of it. He said, but there's a coming day when they're going to be looking at the cross. You're going to be looking at me on the cross. Dad, you sure this is the best plan? <laughs> Can you imagine that? Dad, are you sure this is, this is the best plan? You know, he said that in a way at Gethsemane. Lord, is, is this the best way? But if there is, hey, Daddy, if there's another way, let's just go ahead and let's figure that one out. <laughs> But then before he could even complete that thought, he said, but Lord, Father, not my will, but thine be done. Because he knew his dad, his father, wanted to save you and you and you and you and you and everybody in the world. He wanted to make a way for us to be saved. He is a loving and faithful God. Verse 4 and 98 says, so go ahead, everyone, and shout out your praises with joy. Break out of the box and let loose with the most joyous sound of praise. Sing your melody of praise to the Lord and make music like never before. Let's make some contempt. Let's play some electric guitar music for Jesus. You know? When, you know, when, when God wrote this, he already knew there would be this kind of music today. He wasn't, he's not like, I can't believe they're playing my songs with, they're playing the Psalms with electric guitars and B3 organ sounds and, oh my goodness, I don't know. And the, that gospel stuff they're doing, I'm, see, God already knew all of that. He's not surprised. But he said, I want you to break out of the box. Blow the trumpets and the shofars. Shout with joyous triumph before King Yahweh. Can I just get one King Yahweh shout from y'all this, this, this evening? Just get stand up and say, let's just give a big shout out to King Yahweh. Can you do that? One, two, three. Shout it out. Come on. Yeah. Whoa. Break out of the box. Come on, break out of the box. <laughs> I like people that have never been here before. I don't know about this church. Baby, uh, let's just, just, I think I'm going to go to the restroom and I'll go out that back door. I had to break out of the box. I had to break out of the box of church when I was like 46, 40, 45, 46 years of age. We were at another church and I was leading worship. And then the pastors and the, 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 the college kids that we were over, they said, if you would do a contemporary worship service, we'll show up and we'll bring people with us because what y'all are doing is like old said, okay, what's contemporary worship? And they started playing. Listen, that contemporary worship then is not the contemporary worship we have now. It's, it, it's just evolved, and it's just gotten better and better and better. And it can go back to the old hymns. That's fine with me because I love the old hymns. It's okay. As long as we're worshiping God, as long as we're praising him, it shouldn't matter. what. We shouldn't make a big deal about it. But he says, break out of the box. 
So we had to break out of the box. We had to go from singing uh, about God and we started singing to God. It makes all the difference in the world. So if you catch yourself not knowing what you just sang or not caring what you just sang and you walk out if you're not changed, then maybe you're just singing it about God. Maybe you just know about God, but you've never engaged with God. You've never given him your heart and your life and your soul and broke out of the box. Breakout praise is what God's looking for. You know, I heard earlier, I think it was, uh, I think it was Brother Ed saying, God wants you for Christmas. I wrote a song one time because all God wants for, you, for Christmas is you. All he wants is you. And the tree is the cross, and he wants you to come under the cross. But let's just think, let's just say for a minute, God's got you, and you're his present, and you're in a box, Belinda. You're in a box, and you're like in the box, and God's looking down there. I'm, uh, which one do I want to open next? And so he goes over to the Belinda, the box that word Belinda's in, and she's kind of shaking it, you know. I know because she wouldn't be she wouldn't be happy to just be sitting in the box. So he goes and pulls the ribbon off, says, okay, Belinda, come out. Woo! Come on, break out. She he wants you, he wants us to get out of this box, this religious box that we put ourselves in. It's so confining. God's just waiting to open the present that you are to him. He's just waiting for you to say, here I am, God. Use me. Here I am, God. I don't want to be who I used to be. I want to be who you want me to be. Man, when you get to that place, I'm telling you, your life will change dramatically. When you quit trying to be who you think you should be or who your parents think you should be or your spouse or your siblings or your friends, and they've all put you in this little box that they want you to be, and you come to the place, I want to be who God wants me to be. Listen, you'll be a different person. Your friends might leave you. Your spouse, well, your spouse wouldn't leave you, I don't think. But God wants you to break out and be truthful to him. He wants you to be honest to him. He wants you to celebrate him with all your warts and all your problems. He says, come on, get out of the box. You're my gift. You're my gift. I remember, you know, when the, when the shepherds got the word, it says after they came and they, uh, they saw the Christ child. Talking about breakout praise in verse Luke 2.20, it says the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Can you imagine seeing the baby Jesus? They're going, they've, they've seen the angels. They got the invitation, and they hurry. says they made haste, and they found the baby and Joseph and Mary, and he, the baby was lying in the manger. Can you imagine they're just looking at this baby like, oh, well, he, I know, oh. and then going like, let's go back to the sheep. No big deal. Just a baby, just son of God. No big deal. Mary was a virgin. Not a big deal. Did you see, you know, did you see where they were? That's just the worst place. They, they couldn't even get them to a hospital, a nice hotel, nothing. Just, huh. Did you know that that's not what they did? I think they were high-fiving them and high-fiving, slapping their, their staffs together. Whoa! Yeah! Whoa! We're the first! We're the first! We saw the Christ child, man. They're going, bam, bam, man. They don't even care what the sheep are doing. Like the sheep are just like looking at them like, you guys are crazy. But they, they were changed. That's when you get into the presence of God Almighty. You can't just stay stoic. Oh, well, that was awesome. No, you, you're changed from the inside out when you get into the presence of the Lord. We talked about that. When we talked about joy. In Acts 4.19, Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God, they'll listen to you more than to God. You judge, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. 
I said, we can't even, listen, we saw Jesus. We saw him on the cross. We, 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 we experienced him coming out of the tomb. We, we've seen him. We've touched him. We saw him on the Mount of Transfiguration. We saw him rise up and ascend to the Father. We've seen all that. You think we can be quiet about that? Can you be quiet about that? You shouldn't be able to be quiet about all the marvelous things that God has done in your life. Psalm 98, 7 says, let the, oh, oh I love this because I've stood at the ocean many times, especially since my daughter moved to California. She lives about eight minutes from the ocean. And every time we go out there, we go to the ocean. And he says, listen to this, listen to this. Let the ocean's waves join in the chorus with their roaring praise until everyone everywhere shouts out in unison, glory to the Lord. Woo! Let the rivers and the streams clap. Come on, y'all clap. Just like... Let the rivers and the streams clap with applause as the mountains rise in a standing ovation to join the mighty choir of, of exaltation. Have you ever been to the mountains? Have you ever been to the Rockies? Have you ever been to and, and looked up at these incredible mountains? And I'm not talking about twin mountains. Those are not mountains. I don't know who named them mountains, but they're not mountains. Twin hills. But have you ever been to the mountains? And you looked up and you saw the snow, the peaks of snow up there, and you were like, Wow. Did you know God said, if you're not going to praise me, they will? If, the, if, the, if, the, if you're not going to clap your hands, the, 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 the uh, trees will clap their hands. Listen, I want to be a part of the, the praise team in heaven. But I wanna, it starts here on earth, that we praise him here on earth. So don't be a bystander. That's the next point. Don't be a bystander. If you've been breaking out of the box, if God's got you out of that box and you're stepped out of that religious box and you stepped into the wonder of God and you begin to experience the wonder of God, don't be a bystander. Luke 2, 13 says, And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Listen, let's be a part of the angel chorus. See, that, that, that means when you leave this place, you can't be quiet about Jesus Christ. When you wake up in the morning, you can't be quiet about Jesus Christ. When you go about your work, back to work, if you go back Monday or Tuesday or whenever, or you go back to school, or you go back to the wherever that you're from, you can't be silent about Jesus Christ. Break out praise, getting out of the box. Don't be a bystander. And the last verse is Psalm 98, 9. Then we'll wrap it up. We're going get to some, get some candles lit. Now you can understand why this was about the second coming. 98.9 says, look, here he comes. Can you all just close your eyes? I know some of you got kids and you can't close your eyes because they'll tie your shoelaces together or they'll run off. I, I don't know. <laughs> just close your eyes for a second. Close your eyes. And just imagine Jesus Christ is coming back. And just when I count to three, I want you to open your eyes and I want you to look up and just imagine him coming back. One, two, three, look up, look up, look up. He says he loves those. He's, there's a crown reserved for those who love his appearing are anxious for him to come back. They want to see him in all his glory and all his splendor. Look, here he comes, the Lord and the judge of all the earth. He's coming to make things right and to do it fair and square because he's a God of justice. And everyone will see that he does all things well. Even you, he did you well. Look at each other and say, man, he did, he did you well. He does all things well. He does all things well. Amen? So, 
Jesus has come. That's what we're celebrating tomorrow. It's what we're celebrating now. The baby Jesus, he has come. But here's the, here's the, the great news. He's coming again. He's coming back for his, tri- for his bride. He's coming back for the bride because the groom is getting ready to come and get his church. I want to close with this verse. Colossians 1, 12 through 14 says this. Your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by living in the light. He has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. For in the son, all our sins are canceled and we have the release of redemption through his very blood. Would you stand this evening?